0: talking about what has been happening in the United States, what has been happening uh, across the planet, as uh, many in many cities demonstrate uh, what had happened with uh, George Floyd and his death at the hands of, uh, of police. And again, um, you know, this is less about the police and more about society a society that systematically lets these sorts of things happen it it almost reminds me of the mass shootings in the united states and after one is over it's you know we're going to change this we're going to change that and nothing really seems to change is it the same situation here are 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 we going to forget about this in a couple of weeks and just move on get caught up in the covid19 uh pandemic scenario I think we're at a turning point. Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, Public Relations Consultant. Alyssa PR, she is with us now. Alyssa, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well.
1: Yes, and you too, Scott.
0: You know, uh, we're just talking here that we've seen this happen so many times. Uh, Obviously, it's different here because the video is just so descriptive. You cannot deny what is happening here. Um, But we've certainly heard and and seen uh, of these sorts of incidents in the past. Is it different now? And is it because of that video, because we have it, we have watched a man die?
1: You know, what I think that video did, Scott, was that it showed the stark reality of racism in very, very simplistic terms, unfortunately, uh, and tragically to anybody who has seen that. And while we do watch the news and uh, those of us who, and I'm just going to say it, those of us with white privilege watch the news and we think, okay, that's awful. But you don't really, you hear about what things, but you've never really seen it because that this, this sort of incident, uh, you know, quote unquote, I can't breathe, um, is something that is not a new phrase to many people. But until it was actually visualized, then it really hit home then it really hit home. And so it has set off a chain reaction uh, among many people of what should we do and what should we keep on doing.
0: Does this, will this in your mind change things?
1: You know, I certainly hope so. But, you know, here's the thing. I think that many of us are wondering, you know, what can we do? What can we do now that is meaningful? And But what can we keep on doing? And it's interesting because different advocacy um, and community groups, black advocacy and black community groups, have been trying their very best to educate us, mainly through social channels. So I've been seeing a lot of this on social media. What can we be reading? How can we be teaching our children? What can we be doing uh, going forward? How can we support Black-owned businesses within our own community? And I have to tell you, I think that, you know, and I'm really speaking for myself, and I you know tend to think I'm a fairly aware person, but there's a lot I'm not aware of. now I'm beginning to realize and I think uh, that many people feel that same sentiment so when you say when somebody says to me you know try and support a black owned business in your community and they give me a list and then I start looking at the list let's say it was a restaurant or whatnot. trust me I had no idea I had no idea but by raising that level of awareness in increments I think that most people want to try to do something and even though it's a little something a little something's cumulatively can have a, a big effect.
0: Uh, what can we teach our kids through all of this? Uh, I, I was talking to one expert and he said, it's the kids that are teaching us lessons here.
1: I think so. And, you know, unfortunately I think that, you know, if, you know, if I talk to somebody who's around my daughter's age, so you know, she's around 20 and she says, sure, we're doing all these things, but you know, is it going to change anything? So there's already sort of a sense of jaded realism among her and her peers, what they see is is horrible, and yet, do they really think that something can be changed? You know, what we're talking about here is systemic change, and just as your expert said, and it really starts when our kids are young, to teach them not to see the difference and to treat everybody equally. And that seems such a, like a simplistic sentence, but it's not. And I think that we, um, as a population, have a set of ingrained behaviors, of ingrained beliefs that need to be re-looked at. And we need to educate ourselves, quite frankly, before we can start educating our children.
0: Uh, The president has doubled down on and and again, we've talked to to demonstration protest experts and such and and basically broke protests down into three categories, the majority of which are uh, uh, law abiding, peace loving citizens who are just trying to protest the cause. There's a small number. Of anarchists on the left or uh, alt right's on the right that are just trying to create hell, and then there's the ones that are just kind of come in and 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 the thugs and take advantage and steal such. The president has concentrated on those doing the damage, which in the end is a minority. Is he missing the bigger picture? Is doubling down on the seven o'clock curfew? The answer here: uh, what are the next? What do you think the next week's going to be like?
1: I don't know, but I mean, he's this close to invoking martial law, right? Um, you know, I think that this president and his staff, this presidency is is mainly concerned about, you know, what are the measures that he can take? I don't really think that it's necessarily for the good of all Americans. I think it's for the good of what his base wants to hear because I think that any message that comes out from the presidency has to be targeted or dovetail with anything that's going to um, infiltrate his campaign going forward because, you know, there is a... There is a presidential election this coming November. So by concentrating mainly on the most extreme of the protests, I feel is probably where he wanted to go and that he would have the most, um, quote unquote, might or authority uh, to do something about Now, how he went about that and 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 whatnot, you know, uh, you know what's interesting, Scott, is that after I I watched that statement, that address Mm -hmm. on TV last night, and I waited, and I waited, it only took about five minutes before every network went and called on an expert and said, so can he do that? So here's where we're at right now. You know, the the president goes out and and he you know gives a very very hard hitting message, and then. Mainstream media, or as President Trump oft calls it now, lamestream media so i I think that's everybody except for far right and fox um, went and called on an expert and said, Well, can he do that? And all the experts said, Yes, he can, and there's a way there's a certain loophole that you know that they that he could go through in order to invoke those measures so I don't know i I just felt that those measures, what he said, did not necessarily provide comfort so everything that's come out from the office of the president has been more of uh, something that incites people rather than providing comfort and, you know, and again,
0: we've talked many times during a crisis. The message is to unite, and we all know that's not his. That's not his strategy. His strategy all through life has been, you know, create conflict, uh, you know, uh, uh, divide and conquer, so to speak. Uh, we've seen him do that and try to, to transform that into politics, and he, he just keeps picking people off left, right, and center. Can somebody who is that divisive? unite a country do we not need to unite in order to get through all of this whether it's a pandemic whether it's a a situation as it was george floyd
1: you know everybody you know every president plays to their strengths um however crises do tend to define uh, a politician or redefine a politician i mean doug ford is a really great example in this case has he been 100 percent perfect no um however you know yeah, he's turned it around Yeah, 90% of the time people, and I would think that the polls that have come out now have shown that a lot of Ontarians have a different uh, perspective about Doug Ford than they did three and a half months ago. So, yes, uh, a crisis can redefine a politician. However, I don't think that that is the case right now with President Trump. And, And it's either for one or two reasons, either that he doesn't want to and his staff can't convince him to, so therefore, uh, if he can't be the comforter-in-chief, let's say, then play to the parts or his, his quote-unquote strengths. And you're seeing the result of that. You know, even with uh, COVID, um, I remember reading something that Senator Lindsey Graham, who at one point was a big critic of uh, President Trump and then was not, and is now sort of slight, you know slowly moving back into that, you know, made the suggestion that perhaps you should stop doing press briefings about COVID-19 because he felt that uh, the president's um, opponent was not Joe Biden, but the virus. Hmm. So now that we've moved off of the virus, now we're moving into uh, something completely different, which is, you know, American race relations. And that's not something that um, President Trump has uh, a long and storied history with. So, you know, essentially he's playing to the messages that sound most believable coming from him. Do I think that he could possibly turn it around and become the comforter-in-chief? I don't know. I think that maybe potentially he could, but he's certainly gone too far down a road that says
0: otherwise. Hmm. Alyssa Freeman has been with us, public relations consultant Alyssa PR. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well.
1: And you too, Scott.